I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to the next episode of I'm 40% Podcast. Uh, Today we're reviewing Season 2, Episode 5, Something About the Sewers. Nick, what's the title of the episode? (laughs) I second that emotion. Ah, yeah, they went Uh, that route for the title. Uh, (laughs) I see why they did that. Okay, okay, I'll allow it. As always, my co-host is Nick Sohoya, um, pictured somewhere on your screen. And today, our guest is none other than the spiciest meatball. It's Meatball. Hello! (laughs) Hi, Meatball. Hi. Hi. Can I call you Meat? Yeah, you can call me Mimi, Meats, Fat. Me, Mimi. Mimi. <laughs> oh, they're going to Mimi the just, hell out of just you. Just me. Just me. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Kennedy. Um, how are you doing today, Meatball? What are we drinking? I'm great. I'm having, um, I got an ice machine that makes crushed ice. So I'm, <laughs> I just keep drinking sparkling water with crushed ice because I like to chew on ice. Oh, and you're drinking a Perrier. We're twins. I found it in my hotel fridge. Ooh. (laughs) I love when someone else pays uh, for the hotel. What? I can't drink bubbly water. It um, gives me indigestion. Oh. It's very sad. That's sad. He's really into it for a while. Brought me a lot of joy. <laughs> Whenever I hear the word indigestion, I think of little Edie in the in the in the documentary when she goes, "I love these donuts, but I don't eat them because they give me indigestion." Like he gets <laughs> into the camera <laughs> to whisper <laughs> into the. I love when she tells little secrets. Um, Meatball, are you a fan of Futurama already? I am. Well, I'm a fan of the first like block of seasons before they took a break. And then they came back. And the rest but of I've it, seen you just... every single episode. Of it. <laughs> okay, well, you're okay. into the good stuff. Yeah. You know the yeah. good stuff yeah, 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 pretty well. Yeah, because like like two or three years ago, I got back into just using it as like when I'm working on a costume or doing something, it's just playing in the background because you can kind of like understand what's happening without having to see it. Yeah, I would. I was just talking about how it's good background. It's good background television. Yeah, I actually, you know, I'm having reservations. I don't know if um, I'm going to allow this part of our last episode to air, but I was talking about how um, Futurama is good hookup TV. You know, when you have a hookup coming over, you got to put something on to fill the awkward silence that usually follows seeing me naked. Um, (laughs) But but now I'm afraid, I'm afraid if I put that out into the world, anyone that I've like watched Futurama with and ended up fooling around with is going to be like... Oh, so that was just Jinx's MO. (laughs) That was just how she operates. Oh, so I don't know. Meatball, Meatball, what's your seduction (laughs) technique? Do you put on a cartoon? Do you just wait for your little husband to be gone and just sneak him in the back? What do you do? (laughs) Ah! Well, um, now that I'm in a relationship, the technique is like sending a text while I'm upstairs and he's downstairs. It's like, hey, you want to come? (laughs) <laughs> but before that, it would be you yeah. You just want to come. You want to get the poison out. Um, before that, it would be like a lot of like, let's go grab a drink. But like now, I don't really drink as much. So it's like, do you want to go see a movie and leave halfway through, or see what happens in the theater? You know what I mean? You know, I'm I'm only going to spend time talking about this because I think there's a moment in the episode that really speaks to what we're talking about right now. But I don't know. We're all of an age where it used to f- it used to feel like what was normal was to pretend you're doing anything but having sex. Yes. You know, that's where Netflix and chill came from. Yeah. You know, but younger people, the younger people I sleep with, they just want to know what's on the table ahead of time. Oh, and absolutely. so now it's like my seduction techniques are, hello, would you like to come over, pretend to watch TV, and then we start making out? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you really say... lay down the groundwork with like 25 year olds these days. Oh, that's <laughs> right? I'm always like, you know, do you want to watch a scary movie and make out during the boring parts? Because let's be honest, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, let's not go through the rigmarole just to be friends, you know? I don't need Again, any more here friends. I am giving my cruising, I'm, I'm, I'm like putting it all out there and I'm going to get hate texts. Tomorrow, oh, I'm actually no. quite nervous. Would you feel offended if if you slept with someone and then you heard their podcast and they were like, "This is this is"? Let me give you my play by play book of book of rules. No, that's how most people feel about me because on my podcast they know exactly <laughs> who I'm talking about, and it's not hard. I give locations, dates. People, you have a segment on your podcast <laughs> called just... Fuck Talk. Yes, yeah. we have a Fuck Talk segment. And like, there was a time before I was seeing my boyfriend now, I would literally be like, so I was in Chicago this weekend and like anybody in Chicago was like, I know exactly who he's talking about. And that person yeah. would text me and be like, why'd you do that? And I was like, because I got to get it out. Did, People did need you to lose hear. Any, did you lose any friendships over that? No, absolutely not. Okay, good. Not a one. Good. Okay, yeah. I'm going to tell my Virgo anxiety OCD brain to calm down for a second and just enjoy the ride, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you you are a fan of Futurama already. I uh, am. When, when you watched this episode, did it all come back to you? You were like, I know this episode. It did. And also, this episode, I feel like, is one of like the ones that really stuck with me because it's got some of Bender's <laughs> best lines. Very and it's like Bender a, a Bender storyline, which I always yeah. love those. Also, for some reason, I thought like, oh, they're going into the sewers. This is when Leela's going to meet her parents. And it wasn't that <gasps> spoilers, episode. Spoilers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just... <laughs> But it wasn't no, we've that spoiled episode, almost so every, We've I spoiled forgot. almost everything about the show already. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I guess yeah. I forgot that that happens way later. I kind of thought it happened yeah. way earlier. Well, you know, because they're so good at foreshadowing in this show, I was looking for Leela's parents in the background of all yeah. the sewer scenes to see if they gave us any hints. I couldn't find any. Mm. Maybe I missed it. I think it. the first time you see them is at the end of the Cyclopia episode, right? <laughs> Where she's like back oh, on yeah. Earth. So oh, we yeah. already and it know. it pans down. Did that so we already know, right? That it's episode like, has not happened yet. Oh my god! No. Is Ty- this the first time they go into the underground? Into yes, the this is so, the introduction yeah. of the sewer mutants. Yes, okay. <laughs> they may have um, been underground at some point, like in the pilot where they go into the old destroyed New York. But this is the first oh, right. sewer mutant episode. Yeah, is old New York separate from the sewer? Is there well, underground no. Seattle is separate from the sewer in Seattle, so maybe it's like that. <laughs> no, but I thought New New York was built on top of Old New York because then in the Titanic episode, yeah, it's like right so under the surface. So when you go into the sewer, you must be bypassing Old New York and going down, down even, further, even further, right? Yeah, I, uh, no, unless they built a new sewer system on top of old New York, which would mean when they went to old New York, they were actually going down further than the sewer. And they've never this is the first time they're making a stop at the sewer level. <laughs> they do talk about in this episode that there's a sub sewer. With yeah, for the suburban legend joke. Yeah. But we saw someone living in old New York because when um, Bender became a trolley, there was someone sleeping on him at the end. <laughs> so people live in old New York. They're squatting there, you know. Wasn't there a mutant too, or is that in a different yes, episode? There was a mutant, there was a mutant. in the sewers of old New York. Oh no. What we are got the rules? Deep. <laughs> what are the rules? So essentially what we know about New New York is that it is a trifle. It is a parfait of <laughs> old New York's and various sewer systems. <laughs> oh, okay. oh God, that's so confusing. <laughs> oh well. So Nick, why don't you why don't you start us at the top of the episode? <laughs> um, great. We have an unusual cold open. It's a commercial for uh, Glagnar's Human Rinds. It's a bunch of munch of crunch a human. Not the only time they do a fake commercial, but it's one of the only ones. And then they, the text underneath the intro is uh, made from meat byproducts. I didn't think it was very funny. They've done better. Um, we open on... I'm sorry. I've wow. got a lot of notes so far. <laughs> I will say, I, when this episode started, I was like, I remember this being one of my least favorite of the early episodes, but then oh. there was lots of funny quotable moments so yeah. i ended up enjoying it, it um 
Go ahead, Mom. I was just going to say it's a good episode, but, you know, I'm not huge on poop humor. Like, so much I think poop. good poop humor oh. is good, but I don't need sound effects. You know, like, I just finally mm. finished The White Lotus. Spoilers for anyone, but oh. it's like, I didn't need to see him take the shit. It was enough yeah. to know he was Why taking the shit. I didn't need to watch out. it. We you had know, to see I... it snake down. <laughs> snake! <laughs> Meatball, but, um... how do you feel about poop? <laughs> Uh, well, I was earlier today working on a number that is... On some poop. Fart. I was <laughs> working on some today, shit earlier. No, I my whole number is shit. like a fart joke, so uh, sorry. <laughs> I love fart I jokes. Think, I love poop jokes. I think a well-done fart or poop joke is great. For me, though, it was... There's one part of the episode where I was like, you know, I didn't need that. And it was when you just hear things going... Froop, froop, froop. Oh, yeah, he said tides coming in, and it was just. <laughs> I didn't need the swoops, but everything else about the episode was great. Um, we are in the kitchen. Leela is opening a giant can of kibbles and snouts. It's Nibbler's food. There's a big can opener there. We've never seen it before, but apparently it's there. And uh, the magnet sucks Bender in and sort of slices off the top of his head. Bender shouts, "You killed my father, and now you've come back for me." Great job. Right off the top. Pretty funny. Right yeah. Um, also, just, you know, kibbles and snouts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the food they eat in the future. Uh, it makes me think that maybe, like, they've run out of, they've run out um, of, like, the meat yeah. we're used yeah. to. And now it's like, we got to we gotta eat human. Oh, <laughs> we got soy like cola now. <laughs> it's all byproduct. It's all terrible. But I... Kind of remember in later episodes he could eat like large quantities of anything, right? Yeah, that's that's Nibbler? a trait yeah. of Nibbler. We when we first met him, he ate every other animal from an entire planet. In, oh, like, one, right, on like the Noah's in, Ark thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I think this is just the cheap, dense food that will satiate him. You know, because <laughs> she later complains that all of her money goes straight to him, and I know that yeah. feeling because I have two cats now. <gasps> Cute. Yeah. What are their names? Archibald and Deborah. Oh, <laughs> do they eat snouts? No, we got them on real high class shit, and I'm like, pretty soon I'm gonna just give you the Petco stuff. Like, I don't even <laughs> you don't eat it. Um, my cat Tildy, we started her on the high class shit, and then she got sick of it, and now she likes the cheap stuff because um, now she'll only eat the cheap stuff. She's like into the fast food. For cats, <laughs> I feel She's like, like that's where ours is at. It's like I'm tired of giving you like all these gelées and like all this like fresh chicken. Sometimes I look at it and I'm like, I could probably eat that if he's not gonna finish it. <laughs> well, we used to give you know. Tildy this cat food that had whole little shrimps in there, and it looked pretty tasty. Whole little shrimps, and mm. um, then uh, I was out of the good stuff, and we had some, you know, like emergency cheap cat food in the house, <laughs> and I gave it to her. Now, now that's what she likes, and oh you know God. what? The last time the vet saw her, uh, the vet said she's a little too pear shaped, and Ooh. I was like, her body is beautiful. <laughs> Do not talk to my daughter like that. Like she doesn't meet your impossible cat beauty standard. <laughs> I, I will say our cat Deb was starting to look a little thick and we didn't know like how to tell her. We would slowly stop giving her as much kibble, but she would like come over and be like, I know something's wrong here. And like she would look at it and look at us and I was like, oh, she knows. She's mad too. <laughs> but our vet never said she was pear-shaped. He just said she's getting a little thick. Pear-shaped. I, yeah. I mean, you know, like, of course, like, we try to keep our, our pets healthy. But also, like, sometimes it's winter time. Yeah. You got to put on a little extra winter weight, you know. As long Let as her coat's shiny. <laughs> as long as the fur is shiny, I'm happy. Um. So one of my favorite jokes that comes out of Kibbles and Snouts is, you know, Nibbler eats the whole giant can and then Leela says oh somebody likes snouts and Fry says is it me yeah. <laughs> just these little we just get these little like glimpses of how stupid Fry is yeah. and it's what really endears him to me <laughs> uh, yeah it's just I forgot I mean I hadn't watched it in like a year or two but I just forgot <laughs> how good this show is and like yeah. how well written every single line is like a purposeful <laughs> joke and like something as simple as that I was laughing out loud like it's so good 
Hmm. Uh, we've got a bit of a rivalry going between Bender and Nibbler. Uh, it's the first I've heard of it, but apparently it's a big problem. <laughs> um, uh, it escalates to the point where Nibbler bites Bender in the butt and hurts his tooth. And Leela sympathizes with Nibbler, not Bender, which makes Bender mad. Bender says, I've got a busted ass here. No one's kissing it. And Dr. Zoidberg says, all right, all right I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> Wait, um, I need to know the rules on how, like, what pain Bender can and cannot feel. Because, like, after getting his head open by the can, he's like, ow, oh, I'm fine. But the butt, I don't, it's just too much. I, you know, that's, it's not exclusive to Futurama. I feel like in lots of shows that involve robots, what the robots can and can't feel <laughs> changes from scene to scene, you know? Um, and also, you know, uh, one of my favorite lines of Bender's is, as a robot, I don't have any emotions, and that makes me feel sad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is not in this episode, it's in a future one. It's so in he, a future episode, but I'm just he saying. He deals with this a lot. Yeah, this is a recurring problem for Bender. <laughs> and they talk about how he doesn't have emotions. Like, just at this point in the series, we've seen Bender throw temper tantrums. Yeah. We've seen Bender be jealous, have his heart broken because Fry didn't want to live with him. Um, <laughs> like, True. At this point, Bender has displayed a lot of humanoid emotions. But I think what we're learning is he doesn't care about anyone else's emotions but his own. But his own. We see the length to Bender's selfishness in this episode. And I can relate. You know, I feel like I learned from this. Yeah. <laughs> lots of lessons. Lots of life lessons. Life lessons. So they go to the vet. Um, it's a future vet. Oh my so God. he is beat the fuck up because of all of the horrid pets that exist in the future. Um, they are going to put a, a tiger tooth fang. on him. Yeah, a replacement yeah. fang. But he goes back to the room with all the animals that it doesn't work. But something kicks his teeth out. I'm, I can't remember. He says, yeah. I couldn't get the tooth from the tiger, but one of mine got knocked out. So this dentist had a fang? Like, or is he going to put it a tooth? No, it was just a regular tooth. It was so weird that he was just like, he ripped out the stub and <laughs> stuck his in. <laughs> Did he file it down? He had that little lasery. I guess he could have oh, filed right. it. Yeah. That's a good point. I was just you know, like, like when girls get veneers, <laughs> and you get the little sharp. Do you know teeth about that people? Name names. Oh, I know. You get those little little teeth. Those <laughs> like half little, of the Drag like... Race cast. I <laughs> absolutely. And me next time I go to Mexico, take them all. I want a flat front <laughs> mouth. Take them all. <laughs> <laughs> Add some. You yeah. know what? Give me, give me extra teeth. I'll what pay is it? for it. Most people have 32. I want 72. I want all teeth. Just I a want row right behind. Rows. Yeah. I want, <laughs> I want to leave here looking like a great white. <laughs> I, meant the, I meant the shark, but that really, I should, but have, I do, test, but you know. I should have tested that joke first. <laughs> um, they look at Nibbler's tooth. And uh, Fry says, hey, look, it has all these rings on it. And the vet theorizes that maybe that's how many years old uh, Nibbler is. Fry says it would take some kind of genius to count all those rings. And the vet he's says five. he's five. It's five. <laughs> and I like so that the vet at looks at the party. tooth and then looks at Fry. Like, okay. <laughs> Something's going on here. Um, yeah, I feel we like get it would a... be hard to be a vet in the future because you would have to know about so many different animals from like yeah. different planets and stuff. Well, he must be I a genius. I mean, he wasn't a great vet. He put his own tooth in that thing. <laughs> we never saw him sterilize the tooth. Yeah. Um, he didn't, <laughs> he didn't even the put area. it in milk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we get to Nibbler's birthday, and this is our first chance to hear what the birthday song is in the future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the royalty free birthday song. <laughs> Um, I think we should all sing it. What day is today? It's Nibbler's birthday. What a day for a birthday. birthday. <laughs> Let's all have some cake. And you smell like one, two. Like one, two. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was terrible over Zoom. Uh <laughs> it was very hard to sing at the same time over Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> 
<laughs> I I kind of love. I think that's a fierce. I never say fierce, but that's a fierce birthday song. <laughs> it is. I thought. I just. I was hoping that they were gonna do like a restaurant, like happy, happy birthday. Oh, I but love I, that one. Yeah, that one's my favorite. And then they bring you got a some pep in it. Now, why would Bender decide to make the cake during the birthday party? Yeah, that was a, that's a good question. <laughs> well, Leela has to remind him that he's oh. the chef. Oh, we all right. have to be reminded from time to time that Bender's official job, <laughs> Bender's job title, is that he is the company chef. <laughs> is he really? That's what he yeah, does. Is that what his little job chip thing was? <laughs> I don't think he has a job chip because he's a robot. Uh, um, well, see, so I don't know I, the rules. They make it <laughs> seem like at any establishment that a robot works at, his primary function is to serve the humans there. Like they often are giving Bender tasks and he begrudgingly does them. Mm-hmm. But his like job title, I think self-appointed title at some point is just that he's the... He's the um, ship's chef for their long voyages. But he's terrible because, of course, he can't taste. (laughs) He has smidgen, but no sense of taste. But I thought it was, like, such a great misdirect with the rat poison. He's like, I'm going to make them the best cake they've ever had. And then it was rat poison. I was like, oh, he's going to kill it. And then it was like, that's for the rats. It's just so smart how he did, like, the misdirect. And then I was like, this is like a leave it to be for episode if it it all went right. <laughs> <laughs> and now that those rats are taken care of, yeah. it's time to make a cake so delicious. <laughs> um, suddenly, Bender can cook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful cake. We don't know what Gorgeous. it tastes like, but it looks good. Yeah. He cooks um, it in his in his stomach, which is weird because we talk about what is going on inside Bender's stomach a lot. But it's yeah. also weird because he's in a kitchen, so he could couldn't he use could the, easily use the, the stuff oven. There. No, yeah. it's it's more personal <laughs> if it comes from inside him. Um, he That's also disgusting. this episode <laughs> starts. He whistles the song "Sweet Georgia Brown," which I believe was used for the Harlem Globetrotters, yes. right? Globetrotters song. Um, if anyone wants to hear the song "Sweet Georgia Brown" sung by Nancy Sinatra, it's amazing. It's on Spotify. <laughs> oh, I just knew it as the Globetrotter song. I didn't even know it had lyrics. Of course, I know it as that, but I never realized it was "Sweet Georgia Brown" until I watched it with captions today. It's funny because I love that song, and I know that song as the Globetrotter song, but I never realized the two things were the same. Thing. Oh, crazy. <laughs> Can you guys whistle it? I, I can't whistle. I can't whistle. Me neither. Meatball. Twinsies. <laughs> you should perform that. I think <laughs> I'd watch five minutes of this. I figure out a rig of just pull, uh, uh, basketball on my rig. finger. Just the whole it should just be dangling from the ceiling yeah, yeah, and you yeah, hold it like you that, but then you move with... your finger away. <laughs> it's just stuck to your finger. You can do oh whatever the fuck you want. Answer a text. That's a really good number. That's you can a have great that. number. Ooh, That's I all yours, will. people. Next time for that slut. <laughs> yeah, go to so, Fat Slut at Precinct, where Meatball makes people eat things. What is it? <laughs> yeah, it's a sexy eating competition that happens at midnight. You know, you just eat sexy. It's, um, it's it was supposed to be for feeders and gainers, like that community. But um, you opened some... it up to well, no, I, I, there's <laughs> the something about drag world. queens that they don't like to see eating, so they don't come anymore. But um, <laughs> come anyway. <laughs> um, um, you want to so, come? <laughs> you want to come? Uh, it works. It works. Try it because it's straight to I'll the point. It. It's direct. You want to come? They get in the room and it's like, <laughs> how do you want to do this? And where do you want to come? You want to? You come? know? Uh, okay. So Nibbler comes into the kitchen. He is also singing the Globetrotters theme. Did you notice that? <laughs> no. He's kind of <laughs> yeah. He's kind of like mumbling it to himself. God. And then he eats the whole cake, which uh, wow, that really sets Bender because off. Because Bender had his back turned. Um, he he to said wash now his left, hands. to wash his hands after he said now nothing left to do but spell check spell. it. It's he's a robot. I have to imagine. The, he's, he's got a already, dictionary there, yeah. Like, it's all... 
like, is he? Is it possible for him to misspell something? I don't know. Well, he's like a manual labor robot, right? So maybe he's not programmed to know as much information. It True. does seem like the robots were programmed to have human faults. Yeah, like that can't just happen on accident. Like we see him basically in a different point. We see him basically come out of the factory as the bender we know today yeah. so we have to imagine he was programmed to be flawed and I want to know what the purpose of that is <laughs> truly <laughs> mom like, has a god complex I think she does yeah. she yeah. definitely does Ugh. when did she, she make her first appearance was it before this uh, yeah somewhere in season one we oh, haven't seen her yet the, this season it's the anchovy it's the anchovy episode oh right yeah um but uh, we've only gotten a taste of what's to come from mom. We've only gotten a little taste of mom. <laughs> An amuse-bouche. <laughs> Bender um, is so mad that he decides to flush Nibbler down the toilet. Um, Leela comes in just in time to see the little eyeball going down the hole. <laughs> Pretty <no>! horrifying. <laughs> and then she's yeah. like screaming and he goes, hey, I'm using that. <laughs> 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 like the best line ever. Oh God, it was so good. And pretty Can you much... imagine flushing a kitty down the toilet? <laughs> no, no, no. But I did but... want to ask y'all. I was thinking about this um, when this moment happened in the episode. When you were a kid, did you ever flush things down the toilet that you knew didn't go down the toilet just because it was easier than doing what you should have done with that thing? <laughs> Absolutely. If I couldn't finish cereal, I wouldn't know how to, like, I can't throw it away because <laughs> there's still milk in here. And I figured, you know, it's food matter anyway. So I would just yeah. flush, like, a half-eaten bowl of cereal down the Actually, toilet. Actually, that's better for the environment than sending food to, dump to like, landfill. So if you have leftover food, it makes more sense to flush it because it's biodegradable than it is to send it as a mass to landfill. Cut to a Jinx Monsoon fan flushing like a whole Tom Turkey down the toilet. (laughs) Pouring everything else down the toilet. That's, (laughs) thank you for sharing that meatball. You're welcome. (laughs) I've seen your whole life change. You're in space now. I was was feeling guilty because I was saying, did you ever, did you ever do this as a kid? But to be honest, I, I. I do it all the time as an adult. I do it with soups. Soups. That's a good idea though. Because you don't want to plug up your sink. I do it yeah. with the cat food that Tildy doesn't finish because I don't want to have to walk all the way downstairs and clean out the bowl. So I just mm-hmm. scoop out anything she doesn't finish, throw it in the toilet, get the other bowl. Perfect. I got a system. But I was worried that I was doing something wrong by doing that. And you just alleviated that anxiety for me. You've been alleviating all my anxieties today. So I think in addition to my therapist, we might have room to talk about. <laughs> no, let's chat. I need it. No. <laughs> They have a funeral for Nibbler by gathering around the toilet and flushing an orchid down the toilet. And it's becoming very clear (laughs) that Bender has no empathy. How are we going to fix this? I just The only way we know how. Science. (laughs) Brute force. Um, (laughs) I just love Bender sitting on the TV watching the news to get a kick out of the horrible things that are happening. (laughs) And also he goes be, above and beyond. Yeah, and then he was also like, besides your on the news, it was like besides the family being killed, he also got diagnosed with terminal cancer. He's like, ah, but you didn't see that coming. I was like, sometimes I do feel like that. Like sometimes I'm like, for people I don't like, I'm like, oh great, another horrible thing happened to them. Good. Not gonna <laughs> lie, when a COVID anti-vaxxer dies, I have a little laugh to myself. <laughs> Maybe that makes me a bad person. I laugh a little bit. You laugh a little to yourself. Is it just a dry little chuckle? <laughs> or a full it's laugh. Like that. I keep it to myself. And then I talk about it on a podcast that people listen to. Oh, no. A lot of people. Uh-oh. Who would have thought? I don't know about people? a lot. <laughs> I like Trixie's joke of, like, you don't make it to this point in life and now start asking if you're a good person. You know, she yeah. says, like, when someone, like, groans at one of her jokes, she goes, okay, don't decide at 837 in the middle of a drag show that you suddenly are a good person. <laughs> Uh, so I wouldn't worry about it, Nick. Uh, <laughs> you've always been a little asshole. Uh, <laughs> I'm very nice. Don't listen. Meatball knows. Yes. You remember yes. that time I gave you those mushrooms? 
That was a nice thing to do. I do. And I also <laughs> remember being like, I'm going to die from these. Um, <laughs> that was an Akbar. That was a good time. <laughs> that you were hosting I Learn the Words, bitch. You did a great yes. job. Thank you. Until <laughs> until they hit. And then I was like, get me out of this place. <laughs> get me out of this hellhole. Although I love Akbar, it's not a hellhole. That's just one of those things that drag queens say. You could be at Carnegie Hall and you'd be like, uh, now I have to perform at this shithole. <laughs> Get me out of here. <laughs> oh, was that just straight up a Bianca Del Rio? <laughs> that was. That was hard Bianca. I didn't even think of it. I, it just... <laughs> well, you know, it was, it's kind of a compliment because like you thought of the first queen that would perform at Carnegie. Hall, I think she did. Be... I think she did, didn't she? Fuck that No, bitch. she Wimbley. Sorry. Just we- Wimbley, Wimbley Arena. Just Wimbley Arena. Just 10 million people oh, no, there. Not Carnegie. Just Wimbley. <laughs> <laughs> um, the professor reveals his invention. It's an empathy chip. Uh, it's literally just hammered into the side of Bender's head. He misses many times. And the idea is that it will make him feel exactly the emotion that Leela is feeling. But they have to tune it first. So at first it's Zoidberg. And then it's... Uh, I oh, suddenly yeah. feel like stuffing my gullet with uh, stinking mackerel. That's well, me, that's baby. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, He's I also so like proud that this of it. is the setup for him not understanding what toilets are used for. Because he was like, let me tinker with your head. And he was like, why don't you use a potted plant like Fry? <laughs> just thinks that people I, pee wherever. I also love, I love the professor saying, the professor has some really good lines this episode. I really liked the professor this episode, but he has, um, uh, 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 through the miracle of science, the miracle of science. And then when Fry says, will this help Bender to feel Leela's emotions? If by help you mean force, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, they tune the empathy chip. Uh, Bender says, now I'm worried that I'm not as smart as Leela, but at the same time, I'm relieved that I'm cuter than her. Amy says, uh, that's me. And Fry Fry says, thanks for covering. Thanks for covering. covering. (laughs) These are the thoughts that go through Fry's head when when nothing else is grabbing his attention. Uh. (laughs) Oh. This time I miss Bender and I'm feeling nosy and opinionated and everyone agrees that must be Leela. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I love I miss that Nibble, everyone... not Bender. Everyone, everyone says, that's Leela. Leela, all right. That's Leela. And then Leela's <laughs> response is, thank you, Professor. She's, <laughs> she's always kind of taken pride in being prudent and, <laughs> and um, opinionated. You know, I like... we. I, I really feel endeared to Leela in this episode multiple times. Yeah, <laughs> me too. They made me feel what she's feeling. I felt like Ben. Maybe that was wow. Maybe that, that was the empathy chip in you. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the central uh, gimmick of this episode. Whenever Leela feels something, Bender feels it as well. Um, so there's a funny feedback loop of Bender being mean to Leela and then making himself sad because of it. <laughs> yeah, the delay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then um, Amy takes Leela out to make her feel better. <laughs> um, but then she ends up scoring with uh, Armando. <laughs> yeah. And this is what I was going to talk about. This is my favorite line for the commentary on our like attitudes towards sex as a society. Leela, Armand and I are going to go to the back of his car for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it sums everything up so perfectly. Like, there's no subtext, but then also we're going to (laughs) pretend. Like, we're going to go to the back of his car for coffee. It's just, it's such a well-written line. I don't even, I don't need to explain the joke. No, people get it, but it's. (laughs) It's just another instance where it's just like, they didn't need that joke there. She could have said anything, but it was like a perfect joke for that moment. Mm -hmm. I don't, how many writers were on this show? Probably 17. 17? You just knew that offhand? I I was like, Jesus. (laughs) I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was something like, you know, like 12 writers. And I also wouldn't be surprised if they were all straight old white my- men. Oh, yeah, <laughs> or, for sure. Or just straight men of, straight white men of various ages. 
<laughs> I lost my virginity in the backseat of a car. Anyone else? No. No. I've had front seat of the car sex, but How I've never had that. How do you even back. do that? Girl, I don't even know why. I don't know why no that was the best option. Or, uh, what do they call that? Center console? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> and also, it was on a crowded street. We were being so dumb. Why am I? That's so funny. The only time I ever had like full-blown <laughs> sex in a car was like, we were in a, a, at a public swimming pool parking lot, but it was like late. And we got into the backseat of like a Jeep Cherokee. But at all, like all of our friends, room. it was a little room, but the windows were tinted. But then afterwards, everyone was like, yeah, we were looking at like my friends were like, yeah, we kept checking on the car. Like we could see it. We could see it. <laughs> we saw the, the we, handprint. The, the, <laughs> the rose handprint. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of my favorite things from high school is I was hooking up with um, someone in high school. We were both in the Wizard of Oz my senior year and rumors were buzzing. You were the wizard? Glenda. I was the <laughs> I was um the cowardly lion. She was Toto. Ah! <laughs> and rumors were buzzing that the the lion and and the scarecrow were hooking up. I actually did provide the bark for Toto cuz the dog wouldn't bark on cue. So I would do the dog's bark. <laughs> it was a live so dog. Was Toto. Even when you were on stage dog. with the dog. <laughs> I had to hi- I had to mask it. I had to find a reason for the lion to turn around and then I go <laughs> Also, the lion and the scarecrow hooking up two of the gayest (laughs) characters in history. (laughs) And um, I remember my friend Penn um, said, uh, rumors are going around that you blew the scarecrow in his Porsche. And I said, please. That's ridiculous. It was a Mustang. <laughs> or it was the other way around. I can't remember. The point isn't what type of car it was. The point is that I was a teenage slut. What if it was, yeah, what, you went for the worst car. Please, it was a Miata. It was a good <laughs> Please, talk. it was a Volvo. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, <laughs> you asked the question. We are you back. You asked the question. We're you back. got us off topic. You I know. reap what you sow, Nick. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's just when you grow up in the suburbs, you can't go to their house. You can't go to your house. You just gotta go to find a church parking lot and do your thing. Yeah, or I was behind conceived a in a church parking lot. Ooh, that's a yeah. good one. Oh, conceived. <laughs> I love that we both said something interesting at the same time. <laughs> Take us back to the episode, Nick. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, Bender can't stand feeling sad about Nibbler anymore. <laughs> so Fry mentions, you know, sometimes when they flush alligators down the toilet, they live in the sewers. And this gives Bender the idea that he will go into the sewer by flushing himself down the toilet <laughs> to find Nibbler and bring him back and make Leela, therefore himself, feel better. Yeah. Um, and this is the first mention of the sewer mutants. This is the first time we hear about it. I just love Leela coming in and saying, now he's flushed himself down <laughs> like who's gonna be next uh, um, Fry and Leela venture into the sewers to find him they're under Park Avenue and Fry says Ritzy <laughs> and then they find Bender and he's having trouble putting himself together he's put a leg where his arm should be an arm where his leg should be I don't know why he doesn't know how that works <laughs> Again, he had no Who trouble knows? taking his head off and spinning it around like a basketball, but now it's like <laughs> not screwed on correctly. <laughs> well, he had to do it all like you know everything was detached. So yeah, imagine, uh, wasn't there that point earlier in the episode where he puts both arms on? You see one that's, arm put. That's yeah. from the pilot, but yeah, the, oh. from the pilot. And Fry says, "How did you do that?" I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was like a little dizzy because he all, all the parts had spun down the toilet, you know? Yeah. He could have been. I mean, okay. Also, he's still feeling Leela's emotion, and Leela's been going through a lot. She just oh, had to yeah. jump into a sewer. Oh, <laughs> my God. When she th- throws Fry in, and Fry says, ugh, and the aftertaste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so good. Uh,. We, we've got our gang back together. They are trying to get out of the sewer. They're just going to leave Nibbler, I guess. But they get lost, and they run into the sewer mutants. And there's so many of them, but only three of them talk, and they're the same three <laughs> mutants that always talk whenever yeah. we visit the sewers. There's, like, the lizard lady. There's Dwayne. 
the guy with the forehead. <laughs> and then, and then the, there's the the guy with the ear for or he doesn't the arm for an ear. The, the arm, arm for, for an, an ear. ear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just love I love I mean the whole line about the oh shh. You know he can't hear that well. He only has one ear. After we like, <laughs> Cuz he mishears harmless as armless. Yes. <laughs> what a joy. What a gift. Also, yeah, you're right. Those are the like the only three mutants that ever keep coming back. Yeah. I think so. Oh, well, we well get, other we than get, the the ones we meet later. Muse. You know, we Mr. and Mrs. Leela. Yeah. We get those too. We also get the the high school teenage mutants. Um, oh yeah. Uh, later, Moose. There's the one that's the, just a foot. S- the slug-eyed girl. Yeah. There's the foot. Well, he's a leg. <laughs> he's a full leg. That's true. He he he. He's a face on a shin. Yeah. <laughs> um, we get a tour of the mutant city where we're surprised to find out the mutants are actually quite nice. They give a tour yeah. of the city. There's lots of good jokes in the tour of the city. What's everyone's favorite uh, moment in in the mutant city? The alligator line. They're like, is it true that, that alligators stay alive? And they're like, no. Then what's that? And she's like, crocodiles. Like, it's so- <laughs> There's a ton of them. <laughs> what I love is that I feel like someone in the writers' room wrote that joke and thought it was really, really good. And someone else in the writer's room really hated it because I personally, I'm like, that's such a dumb joke. And they do it (laughs) over and over and over. I was like, that's such a dumb joke. I saw that coming from a mile away. And I wonder if this is my hypothesis because you and you love the joke. I'm over it. I wonder if the compromise was that like, one of the writers was like, we'll keep the joke in. But then at this recordio, recordio, the studio recording, <laughs> at the studio recording, they were like, hey, um, give us a snort at the end of the line. Because it's kind of like she says the joke and then snorts every time she says the crocodile oh, yeah. joke. And to me, that says, I know this isn't a good joke, but remember, I'm a crazy mutant person. Like, we're giving you a lot here. <laughs> I like the and, joke. You're wrong, Jinx. And they brought and they brought it back like what two times, <laughs> three more times, two more times. Yeah, it's like that they were like, it's have... so bad. We're gonna do it three times to t- let that you joke. know. No, yeah. but it it didn't have that kind of longevity. Except when she snorts, I suddenly like the joke. <laughs> like this, like by the third time that she made the joke and she snorted a third time, I was like, that's what she does. She makes a crocodile joke and snorts. And I can get behind that, that Lotsy. I can get behind that bit. I don't know why. Oh, also the suburban <laughs> legend joke. That was that really was good. good because it had such a long buildup to get to the joke. There was like four lines to get to her to say it. And I loved it. Yeah. And there's a giant toilet in the middle of town that they flush all their stuff down. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess makes sense. I guess that adding is. Adding another layer to the parfait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so we hear the story of El Chupanibre, which is a monster <laughs> that has been terrorizing this sewer town. Um, I, for many years, have wondered what the Nibre part of Chupanibre means. The only thing I could figure out on this viewing is I like wrote it down, and I was like, oh, Nibre is almost nibbler, and we're like meant to believe at the introduction of El Chupanibre that maybe... It is Nibbler, so it's just furthering that misdirect. That's the only thing that makes sense to me because it's not Are a real you Spanish. Telling word. me Nibre is not a Spanish no. word. Wow, this entire oh. time, I'm sorry, I don't. What did mean you think to... it meant? <laughs> <laughs> Let me white explain Spanish to everybody. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, I don't speak Spanish either. I I thought it was like a real thing. I don't know why I thought it meant brain. But I've no. always just, like, there's no reason for me to think that. But I've always thought it meant brain. And I always thought that the the name was, like, he'll chomp your brain. He's the brain chomper. I don't know why. Oh. Well, chupa means sucker, not chomper. <laughs> so suck your brain. The brain sucker. <laughs> oh, there, there's a missed opportunity there. Yeah. <laughs> you could have really I, went far with that. If yeah. it meant sewer sucker, like, I don't know the word for sewer. But, like, I, I, I agree. There's It, it could have been named better. <laughs> but I yeah, did like the little Spanish guitar that he played. Oh yeah, the song at the tail. Yeah. So um, our trio thinks that El Chupanibre is Nibbler, which if they just took a moment yeah. to 
to think to about clarify, it. To like, ask questions, follow Nibbler questions. Nibbler hasn't been down there that long for yeah. there to be all these legends. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, so in their minds, they think that he's escaping every night to the sewers and coming back? <laughs> they, they have to think that he's been to the sewer long enough or many times enough for this man to write a song about <laughs> <him>. <laughs> <laughs> to accumulate all the myths and legends around this monster they're really not you know they're not using context clues to figure no, this out no not at all <laughs> and their um, lack of thought around that issue becomes a problem for them because they blurt out oh we flushed El Chupanibre down the toilet and then they become sworn enemies of the sewer people who up yeah. until this point were very hospitable yeah, super nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just feel like there's a little bit of a parallel between the queer community and the sewer <laughs> the sewer village. Be- and I've never thought that before until he says some Especially people... in Portland, am I right, Maple? <laughs> <laughs> he he says something like, Some people may find this disgusting, but for me it has a sort of quiet dignity you know like <laughs> there was something about that where i was like it's kind of like it's like our cd our cd underground gay bars you know it's yeah. like yeah the crescent smells like shit yeah the cock is <laughs> the cock is styled like a horror movie scene you know but it's oh our how home. i miss the piss soaked hallways <laughs> of oasis in san francisco <laughs> They, but not well. Yeah, there's a lot of piss there. You know, <laughs> I miss the original cock in New York. That was that's gross. what I was talking about. Oh, okay, yeah, I was like, that was nasty, you know, handsy, going into a dark room. I loved room. it. The whole room, the entire bar is lit by one hanging bare red light. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, wait. One time it was like drag con weekend, and I was in New York, and I was in full drag, dressed like a baby. Like full baby drag, and I was with my friend Steven Horbout, who's the producer of the of me running around drag con videos, and he was like, "Let's go to the East Village. Let's go out drinking." And then we stopped by the cock, and they almost didn't let me in because I don't. They were like, "What is what are you doing? What is your thing?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I'm just I'm a drag queen." And then we had to like show my Instagram to let us in, and then. I tried, like, I tried to go into, like, the back room, and there was a guard that went, not you, ma'am, sir, not you. And, like, they wouldn't <laughs> let me, so I was just standing around watching everyone around me get hand jobs while I was dressed in a diaper, and I was like, well, I might as well drink. Like, there's nothing else going on. One of my favorite experiences there is I, I was still in drag after a show, and I, was, I really, really had to pee. And there's two bathroom options. There's the private bathroom that's always occupied, and then there's the big <laughs> bathroom with all the stalls, but all the stalls are always occupied. I'm like, where can a lady take off her entire outfit, her corset, <laughs> her four layers of tights, and pee, damn it. So I knock on the door of the private bathroom that had been occupied for some time now, and I basically, like, someone answers, you know, someone answers the door like this. And I said, can I please come in and go pee? I don't care what's happening. I won't look. I won't get involved. I just really need to pee. And he kind of like ran it by some people and they let me in to pee. And um, it's one of my favorite memories. And oh my. <laughs> I hope that the cock knows how much I love the cock and how much I'm thankful that this place exists for our community. Absolutely. <laughs> That just reminded me, and I know this is a crazy tangent, but no, I was <laughs> working the door at some event here in LA, and uh, again, I needed to use the restroom, so I got up from my spot, and I went over to go to use the bathroom, but it was like a cruisy afternoon party, <laughs> and I see a dog in the handicap stall, because I needed a lot of space to get out of everything, and I was like, oh, and I just open it, and there's two men fully fucking with the dog <laughs> chained to the wall, and I'm talking about an actual dog, not like a pup or a person in a mask, and I was like, oh, um, when you're done, just let me know I have to pee. And they're like, we're just finishing up. And looked at me so in polite. the eyes while he's coming. And then he goes, thanks. And like, they let me pee, but they left the dog in the stall. They're like, we'll come back for the dog. And I peed in front of a dog. Thoughts? Hmm. I just Are imagine you sure it was this... their dog? I... Not just a oh, dog no, that lives no, in the bathroom. No, it was their dog because they came in with it. I just imagine you looking over and seeing these two people fucking, and then you looking at the dog, and the dog's like, 
They're like this all the time. (laughs) (laughs) They do this everywhere. Um, It's a Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... You know, the episode wraps up quitty, pretty, quitty. God. Quitty, pretty, oh, right, 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 right. We're like talking it, about so... Futurama. <laughs> it wraps up pretty quickly, you know. We we assume Nibbler's El Chupinate. Oh, my God. Nick, I'm tongue-tied. What's happening? Chupa-nibre. Chupa-nibre. Um, thank thank you. you. Great pronunciation, Meatball. <laughs> do you do a lingo? Nope. <laughs> do you do Lapeat? Um... Nope. <laughs> So, uh, Leela sacrifices herself to draw him out as bait. She says uh, they need a willing, they need a sacrificial virgin. She volunteers. A, a snout lady says, uh, <laughs> oh, good try, Leela, but we've all seen Zap Brannigan's website. <laughs> <laughs> what is that website? Just a blog where he talks, to, or is there like a whole sub page dedicated to the fact that he had sex with Leela one time? Probably the second Probably the latter. She's like obsessed with her. I wouldn't be surprised, yeah, if he created the website to announce that he had sex with Leela. <laughs> oh, it's not even like his personal it's info see. site. It's I mean, just it sex with Leela.com. <laughs> so she she offers herself up as bait. Um, as we, a snackrifice. As a snackrifice. We hear the steps coming towards us. Here's the big reveal. It's sweet little nim- nibbler. And then I fucking love it. Look, everyone, it's El Chupa Nibre. That's not El Chupa Nibre. That's El Chupanibre, <laughs> and it's the most horrifying monster we've yet to see on Futurama. And his line is, <laughs> It is the goofiest little, like, growl ever. I, I was literally, at that point, I was like, so now Nibbler's just going to turn around and eat him, right? Like, that's how this works yeah, out, right? Yeah, worked. Yeah. Maybe because of what we know about Nibbler, maybe he's like the Eternals and he can't meddle in human affairs. <laughs> that, mm, that eh, he can nah, only nah. only when there's like an interstellar, right? <laughs> only when there's like an interstellar, because whole... that's when he starts talking again. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot that he starts talking. You like said that, man. and then I went on a whole Britney Broski kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, um, Leela must be less afraid so that Bender, the only one who's not incapacitated, can also be less afraid and go fight El Chupanibre. She needs to access her um, more jerky emotions so that Bender can regain his strength, his Bender yeah. powers. And, by and Bender thinking, gives her a little pep talk by feeling, about how to be yeah. a jerk. Yeah, and by thinking selfishly and being selfish, Bender is back to his old... It's like Popeye in the spinach. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is fueled by selfishness. And he kicks El Chupanibre's butt and flushes him down flushes the sub-sewer. Flushes him down. Um, but I love that the things that Leela thinks about when he's like, think about yourself, be be selfish, think about you. She mm, says, I, I could need a new tank top. tank top. A really nice tank top. And new boots. <laughs> with <laughs> rhinestones, that she say? jewels, encrusted yeah. with jewels. This is going to be an ugly outfit. <laughs> uh, it's going to be horrible. But also, I mean, it made sense because like, she was like, tie her up. Now rip her shirt a little bit. That <laughs> line yeah, that was got funny. Me. I love that. <laughs> That's something I would say. Up. Just the um, sci-fi trope of like when Natalie Portman gets her midriff ripped off in Star yeah. Wars Episode Two. <laughs> um, I just love Leela. This is the other moment that really endeared her to me is that she's just so prudent. You know, she's just like, if I'm going to be selfish, I am going to focus on things I need. Eventually she goes around and she gets to just like thinking of just like. Like a spa weekend, but even that's pretty <laughs> modest. Yeah. Like and then she a says pretty... a Toblerone and a Toblerone. Oh, and a Toblerone. <laughs> <laughs> Which now, is delicious. what is the professor paying her that she can't afford a Toblerone? <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know what the chocolate situation is in the future. Maybe chocolate oh, yeah. is very rare oh, and highly true. taxed. <laughs> that happens a lot in the future. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it it does wrap up very quickly after that. They are back safe in Planet <laughs> Express. They have Nibbler. Everything's fine. 
Um, the professor takes off the empathy chip and says, Get oh this my. thing off of me. <laughs> <laughs> he says, oh my, it wasn't working. So the, those emotions you felt were yours. And it seems as though Bender learned a lesson, but then we immediately every, learn. <laughs> Fry goes, so it looks like Bender learned a lesson about empathizing with other, whatever he says. And everyone at the table goes, mm-hmm, 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 And then the professor oh, no. reveals, uh, oops, no, I was wrong. It was actually working at triple capacity. And I still barely felt anything. <laughs> My favorite I don't know is when why Bender I was says a line a... like that. Sorry. No, you go, you go. It's just when he says a line like that and then like immediately has like booze or a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever he's a jerk, he punctuates it with the jerkiest things <laughs> you can think of. I was kind of hoping that like maybe it would do like, you know, right before the credits, there'd be a button of him being like, oh, I do really feel something or anything. And they're like, nope, just an asshole. He's an <laughs> asshole. Leela's now an asshole. End of story. Yeah. Yeah, it that is was... funny that Leela learned from Bender and not the other <laughs> yeah. way around. So long, jerkwads. Um, yeah, I love, I mean, you know, they never said which lesson we had to learn. Exactly. We learned a lesson. Sometimes you got to think about you or people will die. <laughs> Meatball, yeah. If you go on to a, a Dragula All Stars, will you please bring a Chupa Nibre look? Absolutely, <laughs> and dedicate it to Jinx. I will. I'll bring a Jinx look too. I know she's a swamp witch. I've heard that before. That that'll probably probably be a runway category. The swamp. Yeah. Nine of a thousand swamp witches. Um. The El Chupanibre moment did remind me of a, a Zoidberg moment we glossed over is when what? he says, the sewer is full of hideous freaks. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorites. Um, Meatball, you are the co-host of Sloppy Seconds, your own podcast. Such a yes. good pod. Tell and our you listeners. Were potted, you were potting before all the every queen had a pod, and some yes, queens had two. I was. You, I've you been were one of the pro- for like pioneers. Five years now for a long it's time. It's a great we had show. An old one. Everyone should listen. <laughs> yes, over on Mom yeah. Network with you. Yeah, we're family. We're, we're work family. family. Um, so over on Mom Network, uh, uh, sloppy seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball. Where can they find you on your you socials? Can find me at spiciest meatball on instagram fat drag meatball on twitter and every third friday of the month you can come to fat slut at precinct in downtown la um this is the compulsory question we ask every guest of the futurama cast in the futurama universe you don't have to stick to someone who was in this episode but tell us who would you do from from futurama fry i love a dumb redhead you and Alaska are gonna have to fight over him. <laughs> I'll fucking Ooh, eat Alaska before she gets to him. <laughs> Is there? No, he's I just think... so genuine and nice, and like, yeah, so what? He might be a little dumb sometimes. He's always so well intentioned. It's just so like attractive to me. This sweet. May- Maybe this is just what, you know, something that drag queens look for in a lover is like, he doesn't need to be the smartest guy. He yeah. doesn't need he doesn't need to be, you know, the most handsome or the best in bed. He just needs to love me for me, damn it. <laughs> yeah. And Fry's unconditional love of Leela that we see time and time again in this show, I think that's what really makes him a catch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, I would pro- but I'd it? also probably fuck Zap Brannigan if he would take me for like a ride on his ship. Alaska said the exact same treat thing. Treat me nice. And I don't you care know- if he's got a big belly when he takes his belt off. <laughs> <laughs> you and Alaska can be Zap's harem. Ooh. <laughs> Today I'm going to say I would do Calculon. I, I want, I, I, <laughs> I've never considered Calculon before, but he's, you know, as far as robots animated robots go. He's one of the more attractive ones, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, very... He's like a soap opera star, right? Yeah. He's gotta be attractive. He's got money. Yeah, I'd hit him up on Instagram. Get it? Yeah, get right in there, because you got that check mark. You don't go I'd to the ask... request. <laughs> you end up right in the inbox. I'd ask him <laughs> if he wanted to come over and watch future... <laughs> <laughs> 
All and right, then well. you would text him while he's sitting next to you. You want to come? <laughs> you you want to come? You want to come? I, mean, I, I I like the idea of going into a big group of people. Hey, I'm just taking a head count. You want to come? Okay. You, you want to come? <laughs> you want to come? You came earlier? Okay. Let me know if you want to come. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being our thank guest you for today, having Meatball. Me. Thank you. And I want to thank our listeners and our viewers. Nick Sahoya, thank you. You were the stalwart, um, you know, guide for today's episode. Because you get, that's two in a row now that you've had to keep two drag queens on track. Because we'll just, like, at one point, Meatball and I were talking about what? We were talking about Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Cars. Um, So thank you so much, Nick. Uh, You're you're a very sweet boy, and I love you very much. Nicholas. Oh, thank you, Meatball. (laughs) I'll give you kisses, too. Um, (laughs) Listeners, viewers, you can catch the next episode, um, season two, episode six of I'm 40% podcast next Monday, presented by Studio 71. And uh, until then, have a great rest of your week. Wow, 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 wow,